Across the Streams podcast, Kip here. I feel like, Chandler, I feel like we just did a pod, even <laughs> off the air. People have to pay us a Patreon to be to our pre-podcast discussions, because we, we might have solved all the world's problems for the last 30 minutes. But welcome, everyone. Across the Streams, Kip's here. Uh, one of my favorite guests and, and professionals and colleagues and friends that, that I hope all of you are following, because I know I retweet her a bunch and share a bunch of her great work. Uh, but Carolyn Curtis, speaker, secondary survivor, prevent. You have so many awesome titles and you've earned them all. Reintroduce yourself, would you please? That'd be great. Thank you so much, Kip, for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to spend time with you. And um, I guess, you know, my husband pointed out recently when I read off my titles, it's very off-putting. And I said, <laughs> oh, well, you're smart because I'm doing it to throw up a big wall around. <laughs> so the way I'm doing it now is a little different. I am the mother of two rape survivors. And when my eldest was raped, I became a um, sexual violence victim advocate because I had to help her and the other two survivors that night navigate the aftermath and I helped their families as well. Then I got trained in it. So then I really knew what I was doing. And I then became a prevention educator because I wanted to go out and educate high school and college students about healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships sexual violence, teen dating violence, and domestic violence. So that's where the prevention educator came in. And as part of that, I became a speaker about the impact of rape, because when you navigate this aftermath as a mother of a rape survivor, there are hearing the story of what I share moves the needle. You pairing someone's story with empathy, and that is the most powerful form of prevention education research has shown. And so that's why I became a speaker and I'm a writer. And I actually just finished writing my memoir about this whole experience. And um, as I was nearing the end of that, uh, my younger daughter told me that she had been raped. And so in a family of three kids, two girls and a boy, for those of you keeping track, that's both girls are rape survivors. And so that's why I do this work. And that's why I'm passionate about it. And um, I'm really focusing in on, on my speaking and my writing. Um, I've already completed my memoir. So I will be refining that and pitching that out. But really, I'm going to be focusing this fall on talking to schools and getting in the locker rooms and the fraternities and the spaces where high school and college students are to talk to them. And hey, I I love all your titles. I I know your husband told you what he told you, but you you got bona fides with me, credentialed expert. Uh, I I it's uh there's so many I obviously power and peace and positive vibes to all to you and your whole family, everything you all have been through. I know you just talk to us a little bit about Nova, and then I know when we're discussing Nova and where you were recently in July and uh, early August, I know we'll go on our tangents and we'll get a lot of great information for everybody. But talk about, because I was texting you, I think right after, maybe before you went, hey, let's get back on the pod, and you were headed to New Orleans for an event that I don't think a lot of people that are listening know about, but they should. Exactly. So this organization is wonderful. It's called the National Organization of Victim Assistance. And it is um, an organization, a professional organization that represents victim advocates across all subspecialties. So that would be Mothers Against Drunk Driving. It would be people whose um, family members have been murdered. It would be victims um, that 
have been victimized by sexual violence, rape or sexual harassment, or domestic violence, teen dating violence. All these areas have victim advocates. Courts have victim advocates, uh, criminal systems, civil systems have victim advocates. But when you're in those moments, you don't know when someone introduces himself, hey, I'm a victim advocate. I've been in that moment. And all I can think of is, what does that mean? You know, because it doesn't come with a sentence right. that says, I'm here, even though I'm paid by the agency, I'm here to help navigate this for you. So if you have any questions, just raise your hand, call me later, whatever it is. But um, so I, I go to NOVA because it's a phenomenal learning opportunity. And with everybody coming from a variety of areas of specialty, you can learn from each other and use things within your area. And my area is sexual violence. Um, so they meet every year. It's a national organization, but it pulls in international um, attendees, usually 2,000 to 2,500 people. They are partnered with the United States military, all branches of the U.S. military. So any victim advocate within the U.S. military is in some way associated with NOVA and trained by them. So I would say half the attendees are on military bases. Wow. And military aligned and the other half of us are in you know the general public working for agencies um i actually presented there last year i gave um a workshop there and so this year i was just attending it was my third time i presented in 2019 and 2022 and in 2023 i was just attending um and they're wonderful so i went to different sessions went to a session every single time i could it's exhausting but two I wanted to highlight that I thought would be interesting were um, number one, Bloom 365 is an agency out of Phoenix, Arizona. And they're marvelous because they're, I have been a prevention educator with them. They are focused on talking about healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships, teen dating violence, sexual violence, and domestic violence. And what are the root causes of all of those? And their goal, they have a really big, hairy, audacious goal. And their BHAG is they want to activate 10% of the youth by the year 2030 to be the change makers, to change the culture that we're in. So I went to a session from Bloom where the, the leader and founder of it, Donna Bartos, was talking about the LEVEL program that they have now on multiple military bases. And LEVEL stands for listen, empathize, validate, encourage, and link to resources. And it's a level program for certain bases that are already brought on campus for them. What do you do when someone discloses to you? How do you handle a disclosure? Well, then by training everybody through the level program, then they feel um, they're knowledgeable. They understand what it would be like to have, they can imagine better what it would be like to disclose to someone. And they know what to do, where to send that person on their base to get further resources. So that's a very exciting um, partnership that Bloom is working on with the department. Um, I would love for the Department of Defense to take that up further. The second one that I thought would be really good to highlight uh, was by a call to men. And, um, you know, Tony is so, so good. He led the presentation, Tony Porter, and he was talking about, he showed a picture and I've seen this picture before in other masculinity um, trainings about healthy masculinity, but it was a picture of a dad with his little, you know, five-year-old son at the pediatrician getting vaccination shots and the kid was crying. And he asked the audience, you know, what do you see here? And getting their feedback, right? Oh, it was interesting. Isn't that wonderful that a dad is there? Oh, it's really good to see a dad involved. And then they played the video. So the little kid gets the shot. And then, you know, obviously he's, he starts he's crying. crying. 
And then the dad's like, oh no, be a man. You're okay, be a man, be a man, don't cry. And everyone thought that was great. And I'm sitting there on the front row. I did not raise my hand because I thought mm -hmm. if I'm the only person in the room who's gonna identify this, I am not gonna be that person. But I felt like Monica on the old time show friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in my head, I was doing that right. Because yes. I wanted to say, but that is an example of putting someone in a box, of putting yes. a five-year-old in the toxic masculinity box and saying, don't cry, be a man, suck it up, deal with your feelings, hide it. You know, no, that's right. great. The dad's in the room, whatever. The mom could be in the room. What really yeah. spoke to me was that the people in the room, in the workshop were not highlighting that moment. They yeah. highlighted other really good learning points. Yeah. But that moment to me in particular, I thought, well, this is this is how we get here, right? Yes. Is that we're not letting men be their whole selves. And um, and Tony did talk about that. Look about men and boys and are they their role self, R-O-L-E? Are they the whole self, H-O-W-H-O-L-E? And so, so I'm good. glad that Tony talked about that. That's funny you said that because I wonder now, this makes me think, where did I, because I've used that video. And I think yeah. I probably took it from Tony or Ted or somebody, you know, because a lot of people us, use that video. But the one that my guys always stumbled on and just be and you're totally right with all the framing. I always tried to bring up because I've been this dad that wanted credit for being in that room, even though I might be causing the harm. But I didn't do any of the mental, emotional scheduling planning to make that visit happen. But then I was going to get all the credit for my wife, even though I'm the one that just did the five minute take him there. She did all that. Oh, we got to remember that they need vaccines. Oh, we got to figure out where we're going to take them. Oh, what day can it work for all five of our schedules? So that thank you for bringing that one up, because obviously the, the big part is even though you're there, you can cause harm. Intent doesn't equal impact. But the yes. one that tripped my 18 to 22 year olds up in my past life as a coach was, you don't also don't get a cookie for taking your kid to the doctor. You're supposed to do that. Right? Exactly. Right. It's not called babysitting. Like if you yeah. have children, yes. they are your children. You're not babysitting your own children. You're taking care of them. I love the 10% you talked about with Bloom 65, the activating 10%. Because I think maybe it's just my analytical mind. I like the tangible. Because sometimes I think in this, and I think I get lost maybe in some of my lower moments of like, this is a heavy lift, what we all do. Right. Like we're going to what we're going to we're going to change the world this year. Really, Kip. But I like the 10%. Like that's. You can measure that. You can. Yes. I, I love that. So I definitely yeah. need to deep dive. And it's Bloom 365 because the initials stand for bring love on others more 365 Ooh. days a year. You have it's so many good. good ones right now. Roll and hole, <laughs> level. The level made me think of for coaches out there, because I think in some of this work for coaches, but even in students, and I know you brought this up earlier, talking about your son's experience on campuses, there's these modules that they throw out to us. There's these learning yes. things that you get from HR and they say, you got to get this done by July 5th or whatever it is. And then you turn it on while at the same time you got a podcast and everything else uh -huh. and you don't really pay attention. Mm -hmm. One of the times I actually paid attention. So once again, I'm not putting myself above anybody was QPR training for suicide okay. prevention, right? Question, persuade, refer. And I remember it because I was like, I kind of like that. You know, I'm a coach. I like acronyms. I like these easy to remember big. I'm chunking things into rememberable Absolutely. pieces. That shit came up. In yeah. We had a young man, right? A, one of our players that I was like, in the moment of like high stress, high anxiety, what am I going to do that he's just disclosed he's had these suicidal thoughts? I was like, oh, shit, I got it. I got QPR. You know, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but I'm going to go down the list. So I love those terms and those phrases from, from, from those professionals. When you're at these conferences, 
it makes me think of, I'm sorry, I keep framing of coaches. Everybody out there, that's just my relative small sphere and Carolyn's out in the big world. That's better. But how do you, how do people show up to these things? And I ask that because a similar breakout at a coaching conference or when I'm working the football conference for teams of men, same like, Hey, these are experts in all these breakout rooms. How do you even like, where do you digest your notes? Like, I feel like I come back from these things and I got my yellow pad or my laptop and I've got all these notes. Yes. Got this like stack of um yeah business cards that I actually when I got I got COVID but I'm going to digest my notes and make some contacts because um because there's some things I'd like to do for the organization actually to oh, help okay. and gotcha. so um just as a volunteer and I want to um I'd love to join their board next year and so I want to help them out this year but um you know people show up they are energized. Sure. It is um, it is energizing to go to a conference and be with other people doing the work or similar work that's all aligned with what you're doing. And you learn from each other. You have good conversations. Um, people are friendly. It's a, an amazing conference. I mean, it's hands down the best, most um, impactful conference that I go to. And I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I go to three and they're all wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, really wonderful. But I think for me, just because of the general approach, it just hits a lot of things. So I can go to something presented by uh, the director of MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and I get something out of it. You know, it's not all mm-hmm. sexual violence, yeah, um, all domestic violence. But um, I thought it was great. And the people are very helpful. Are you a written notes? Are you a typer? How do you, how do, you do it? You know, I do both and I like to take pictures. I'm I'm a ah. paper person. So I'll just put the, the session headline. I'll make some notes as I go along. But if I really like what's up there, I'll just take a picture because that's yeah. how I'll digest it later yes. and then start to use the information in my own work. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I gave presentations, um, when I gave two presentations last year at two different conferences, like my slides were available email me, I'll give you everything. I want you to really learn the material I'm presenting. And so I I find most people are like that. There are a lot of cameras, you know, a lot of phones going up and people are taking pictures. Yes. Uh, It was really helpful. We did one session actually on wellness, on self-care. And I've never done one of those because like my version of self-care is boundaries. That I think is the most powerful form of self-care. But I did one on the last day because I was feeling really depleted by some things. And she went through, a therapist went through, I think it was 18 different breathing exercises in an hour and a half. Oh, wow. She flew yeah. and it was very helpful. And so I took pictures of the prompts. She practiced them with us in the room of like 150 people. And it was amazing. And, you know, but yeah. I had to use that obviously for um, private clients I have that are victims um, or for my family or for myself. Yeah. There you go. That's that's amazing. Last part. And then I want to jump into your journey professionally, too. Credentialing. I saw that on their website and you mentioned it. Are you credentialed through them? Is there courses? Is there a certain amount? I know at the National Basketball one, you can get PDR credit for certain ones that you go to for a certification. But I'm assuming this is more rigorous. You know, out in the field, quite frankly, people are not certified. They, They get a victim advocate job or a prevention educator job, and they do the job, and they will go through a 20 to 40 hour training by their agency before they start their first day of work, typically. And then maybe a year or two or three years later, they might go through the 40 hour on sexual violence or the 40 hour on general victim advocacy. And those would be official that your state coalition would give. Oh, okay. You would use that to get credentialed. I mean, I'm someone who loves education, so I immediately found one, got credentialed through Nova, 
but it's the hands-on experience paired with education that makes you a really yeah. good advocate. So you can gotcha. be a phenomenal advocate and not be credentialed. Not have that, yeah. And, and it doesn't, or you can be, you know, credentialed and be terrible. So do people you know. look when you're out and about, and I know you're out and about more now, you're trying to get more out and do the work in, in person more. Do people gatekeep with the credentialing? Do they say like, or are you like, listen, have you seen my lived experience? Like, I think I can talk about this. Yeah. Uh, people, it's interesting. That's been a problem in the field, in the in sexual, anti, sexual violence, anti-domestic violence field. In general, my mentor has 30 years of plus experience in the field. And she and I highlighted this last year at our at our workshop that the typical pattern is to gatekeep, to keep survivors out, to elevate people with credentials. You know, oh, you have a master's. You know, right. you obviously know everything, even though your master's is in you know art therapy and you don't know anything about <laughs> the dynamics of you know domestic right. violence. But um, that is a problem, and the idea yeah. of silencing survivors. And secondary survivors is something that's really, um, really gets me going because there's mm -hmm. nothing more impactful than listening to the story of a survivor tell you what this was like to make people change their behavior and to make people become bystanders and start to think critically about like how they're acting and talking and how are their friends acting and talking. So when the gatekeepers say, oh, you know, why don't you just sit down and be quiet? I, I don't. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't envision you doing that well, which I love, but that yeah, you said earlier, the, the, the most powerful and research-based way to change is empathy plus story. And, yes. and I love that. I starred that on my notes because I think, I think it was Jeff Matsushita who I've had on the pod and works at Boise state now in prevention with athletics talked about, we don't change, we don't change people through logic. You got to go through their hearts first and stories open those hearts. So I, I love that. I want to give you space now. Your journey, your pro where where are you headed in your great? I'm sorry, greatness in your impact, right? Because yes. you are great. I sidebar your Instagram game is top notch, everybody. Because I think you got a great blend of engaging graphics, and then you'll just hit people with, "Hey, read these two sentences and see if that doesn't just change you." So it's awesome. I steal I steal your stuff all the time. But go Thank ahead, you. talk, talk about where you're headed and and what's what's next. Okay. Well, so I've been, um, so since we last spoke in June of 2022, I found out my second daughter had been raped and does that really threw me for a loop? And I just spent all of my, I really pulled back. I maintained my, um, victim advocate client list, but I did not actively seek more clients. And, um, and I took on a couple more, but for the few that are on my list, I am available to them 24, seven, 365. And, um, so I have I've maintained those, but then I really poured my energy into keeping my family afloat because yet again, here this horrible trauma has happened to us and so and to her. And so we are now um, far enough out from that that I can start paying attention to other things. And I realized that I have a level of PTSD that now six years in has just taken multiple hits and um, has multiple levels to it. So even though I've had a ton of therapy, the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress disorder, that is very, very frequently a side effect of rape for the survivors. But for the secondary survivors, the close loved ones of the survivors, they will often get it as well, predicated on how much they know of what happened. And um, I got it. And then I got it because I was almost killed. And then I got it because uh, my third born you know, was raped. And so I realized back in June, I can't keep going with this level of activation. So I started in July, my post-trauma wellness project, and it is just a concerted effort 
over the course of this next year to delve month by month into a different focus that will help me. So July was mind. I focused on my mind and that was a lot of breath work and it was meditation, which I did not realize I had been doing breath work and meditation actually since I found out my oldest was raped. That was my body's automatic oh, response. Oh, really? And I had no idea. What clued you I in that you were already doing it? Because I downloaded the, the Headspace app. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm there, you know, at, I was at an archery tournament because my kid does archery and um, we're there. And I said, listen, bud, let's, let's try some meditation because I really want to try this. This is back in February. Yeah. And um, I went through the first exercise. He was game. He goes, okay, I'm in. And we went through an exercise and I realized, oh, I do this all the time. And it was the idea of just, if the exercise was talking to you about, you're sitting on the side of the road. And this is a couple of episodes into this one course. And you notice a car going by. Your job isn't to freak out over the car going by in front of you. Just notice that thought is like a car just going by in front of you. And we're in Vegas and I was like, oh, we're here south of the strip at this, you know, archery tournament. And I have, I can imagine being there watching these cars go by. And so I was like, oh, I've been doing that all the time. I just acknowledge this gerbil wheel I'm on in my head, but I don't follow the gerbil wheel anywhere. Mm. And so it was that, um, like, oh, I've been doing that. And I'm really good at breath work anyway. This month I'm focusing on energy. So I'm doing Reiki, I'm doing some equine therapy, I'm doing Rolfing, I'm doing Kijong. I'm really focusing on my chakras and um, aligning those because I've also had another cancer where I went to a healer and I hadn't told them I had cancer and they were putting their hands on my body to start the treatment. And they said, whoa, this third chakra is flaming hot do you have anything going on? Oh, wow. Funny you should mention that. Yeah. It's the chakra for bladder and I have bladder cancer and they were blown away. And so yeah. I want to just realign my energy, make yes. sure that I'm getting everything cleansed out. And yeah. then um, in September, I'm going to be fearless and focus on my work. But, you know, it goes on. I have it on my wall. Yes. I focus on my five senses one month. I'm going to focus on um, movement one month and run another half marathon. I'm going to focus on reflection. I do a lot of journaling, but I'm really going to up my game um, that month with my journaling. And so it's a variety of modalities uh, designed to really align my heart and my soul and my body. Yes. Calm inflammation and to, to, to promote healing. That is so powerful. I mean, so that's, it's, I'm so inspired by you. It made me think, have you dove into Resma Menachem's work on trauma? Cause I feel like you just did the no. first 12 chapters. No, because yeah, my grandmother's hands in his, uh, Dr. Resma Menachem, his belief system is that trauma must be processed just like you're talking about. Otherwise it will sit and kill us or it'll oh, it sit and it'll explode out on another person. Because we, and so everything you just mentioned, when you talk about that, he's got one that's called zoning in that I am horrendous at. I need some of your meditative superpower because he asks you to zone in from a satellite into where you are now, but just notice what you're going past. You're going past the clouds. You're going past, you know, like one of those movies, 360s. And I tried, I'm trying, I'm trying because I, I don't have the level of PTSD that you're obviously processing through, but all of us are carrying, right? Yes. And I recognize that even the trauma of, you know, the minor yes. thing compared to you getting fired. From something that I thought was, yes. you know, my my future forever. Yeah. Trying to, where do I go with that? Because like you, you and I talked about pre. I'll I'll have an explosive moment when yeah. one of my kids doesn't feed the dog, 
And I yeah. know that in hindsight, it's, you're bleeding all over these people. That's you. That was just, the, they forgot the kibbles. It's fine. It's not yeah. a big, that's something you're carrying. So yeah. I, I'm but very like, impressed. It's massive. Like it stays inside you and it will take over and blind you to your actions and your words if you're not, because the body keeps the score from yeah. whatever oh. stress, right? There's wow. a reason he named his book that. Yes, that is so people. good. Wow. I kind of wish it weren't so good about <laughs> Maybe it could have a moment of deleting some things for yes. us. Yes. Oh, hey, you're. Uh, let's talk about state of things, and I love this that you brought this up for us in this prevention field, right? Because we're we're all we're in the same fight on different fronts, but the same enemy. What are you seeing? What are you noticing? What's 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 it, what's sticking out to you right now as you go? You know. Okay, so I was a little blind um, to uh, something that my son illuminated for me yesterday. Because um, being an, an, I'm an archery coach and I'm certified. And so I've gone through the online modules of safe sport multiple times. Do you sleep? You're an archery coach too? When do you rest? I am a retired archery coach. I'm going to text this to you now more often. Would you go so take funny. a rest now, please? So, <laughs> so when I went through safe sport, you know, you go through these online modules, don't hurt other people. Here's things to look out for. And I was like, oh, my stars, who would do that? Like, because if I'm going through the module, I'm obviously not going to do any of those behaviors, but a perpetrator is just going to click through the module and then go do it anyway. I thought this is really a poor way to educate people. And then I was in the car yesterday with my son and I said, listen, bud, you're a, you're a rising senior in college. Uh, both your sisters are survivors. I know you're focused on prevention education within your fraternity. What does it look like? What has your prevention education beyond what we did at home with you growing up? You know, what does it look like? And he said, it's all online. Like you start freshman year, you do it online. Then the fraternity mandates that you do it every year and it's online. And I said, wait a second. So you're telling me you've never had a prevention educator come into a room with you and give a presentation just to talk about different aspects. He said, no, like we don't ever have that. And I'm on the board actually here where I live of a rape crisis center and they have prevention educators who go out and meet with the middle school. And yet I know that they need to be meeting with middle school, with parents, with high school, with college. They need to be meeting with everybody. I mean, and they do it for free. So, you know, because it's funded by people like me who donate money and by grants. But this work requires moving beyond a module. It requires a prevention educator in front of people starting conversations or someone like me, who's a speaker with lived experience, who can tie in the education with the lived experience and then give you a framework for going forward. And so he was explaining to me that that really is something that, you know, would be phenomenal, but it's not something that they on an individual fraternity have the, the, the funding for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He went to actually a conference for the fraternity this summer and he texted me after the first day and said, I just saw the most phenomenal presentation. I said, send me a screenshot of your schedule. I want to see what really moved mm -hmm. you. You know what it was? It was someone standing up telling stories and it was drug and alcohol prevention based, right? And a doctor was getting up and saying, look, this is what I see. This is what your generation's doing. And this is the ramification. These are the ramifications. This is what I'm seeing in my ER. Mm -hmm. And my kid was so blown away. So it's someone who wasn't necessarily engaging in those things, but blown away by the information. And yeah. I thought that's exactly what we all need to be doing for every beginning lower, beginning in middle school, but every high school and college student, that whole eight to 10 years really need, depending on how long it takes you yep. to get through college, but that needs to be covered. 
Yeah. You know, for sure. by organizations. Exactly. It, you brought up a little bit about the economic side of this. Yes. Right? And you were talking about that. I'd love to hear you talk about this. There's, It's such a unique, because I, once again, I try not to, even though sometimes I do get in that pessimistic space, the world is against me, but it, I don't want to paint a malicious brush to higher education because that's, that's where my lived experience and expertise comes in. But it's amazing the, I don't, if it's a learned helplessness with the budget or with the people, because every time you go to someone for something similar, like to bring you in, let's talk to all the fraternities at this particular campus, bring Kip in, let's talk to the athletic department for yes. all these things. And like you said, let's launch with story, empathy, and connection. And then we can get into dosage that people can do when we when we leave. And it's always some end point of, well, I don't have the ability to pull the trigger on that. Or I don't have this next person that you, I don't, it's such a frustrating situation with all the other things that it seems like do get funded, number yeah. one. But then also I have like a crisis of conscious sometimes, it's exactly what you named, because what if, Maybe you should do this for free. Like maybe you could get to more people if you were like, just give me hours. Just, I just need space. I don't need money. But then I don't think we should be paupers to do work that actually helps the world. Does that make sense too? Like, You deserve to be paid for your expertise because they will certainly pay for the expertise of someone else to talk about something else. Right. And secondly, they if they don't value you enough to pay you, then they don't value the problem you're trying to solve. That's a great point. Certainly not going to give you the time Right. It's so, uh, I love your pointing to the middle schools because I just signed up two middle school football teams and right. people were and the coaches were they're very like, I, I believe in this. I'm worried about moms and dads that think we're that their kids are too young for some of these topics. Yeah. And I said, number one, we're going to present it in healthy how we live, healthy relationships. Right. But number two, I don't think that's too young. And I know yep. you don't either like that. I know I my know. daughter, my daughter's lived experience in seventh and eighth grade was full of dick pics. Yes. From 14 year olds that think that's step two yes. after you say, hey, I like you. Now yes. here's my genitals. Right. Yes. So I, I don't think that's too young. I remember the, the podcast episode when you talked about that. I mean, it is, you know, it is um, this thing where they'll talk about it in parent education classes in high school was my experience. They would talk about, oh, technology, sexting. Oh, it's the boogeyman. And I remember at the time I'm sitting next to a woman whose son has been sending dick pics to my child for better part of a year. And I and she was just so horrified by everything. My stars. And I'm just like, I can't say My anything. stars, yes. You know, but like, I'm like, lady, take yep. this seriously because mm -hmm. it is it is a crime. And yes. also you are victimizing my, he is victimizing my child who didn't right. ask for it and who was blocking him. And um, it's it begins in middle school. Do you see the the evolution for you? Because obviously the memoir is coming out and obviously we, we get published with that. I think that's marketing through the roof. Do you yeah, see no, no. yourself? That, that It's a long road to publication. Okay. So, okay. But yeah, God willing. Are you, do you see yourself on more platforms and stages than before? More front facing than even before yes. you've done? Yeah. In, yes, what, in the groups you mentioned, fraternities, where else? Where else can people, I who really else listening might be like, hey, I really like that lady. How do we get her athletic here? Athletic teams. I would love to get in front of athletic teams because the the group, the, the power and control that is given to athletic teams, to athletic departments, power is unprecedented. The second mm -hmm. most powerful group on campus are going to be the fraternities, the Greek life. But power and control is the root of all forms of violence. People are using their power and control on purpose to hurt other people. And it's not done by mistake. 
like when, you know, when the um, back in the fall of 2018, I think it was Pennsylvania came out with a report that the priests had been raping these children. Mm -hmm. And my son actually happened to be in a Catholic high school that year. And the priest came into religion class and said, oh, this news just broke this morning. You know, mistakes were made. So um, let's get on with our lesson. And my son, the secondary survivor, his sister had been raped at that point, couldn't say anything. He froze. He was so angry. Mm-hmm. And then he came home and he said, the thing is, mom, it's not a mistake. People know exactly what they're doing. So to hide behind that and say, oh, rape was a mistake is is a lie. And we're never going to stop it if we're lying to ourselves. And so um, I think, you know, civic organizations, churches, synagogues, mosques, they can all talk about it. But me, I really want to work with athletic teams and fraternities and sororities. That's, oh, sorry, I'm swallowed wrong. But yes, we, and why you and I have not teamed up with one of these teams yet, we're going we're gonna to solve that here going in the future. Yes. And we're going to be together. How do well, they follow you? How do they support you? Where, where can listeners go? Okay, well, the best site, let's go over to my website, would be carolyn, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-G, Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter. I have that ready to launch over on Substack and stay in touch with me. And I will be sharing articles that I think are interesting because if we're going to end this, I think part of ending it is being our best selves and living our best lives. And that is predicated on character, prevention, and purpose. And so I've gotten some really interesting articles and research that I've been reading, and I'll be sharing that every week. Just a little summary, a quick snapshot. You know, I'm not going to do three or four pages on you. I just want yeah. a quick snapshot, just give you a couple of morsels and let you on your way. I love it. Thank you so much, as always. And like I said before, and I, I mean it, you're inspiring to me and hopefully everybody else listening and, and your family is in, you. in my thoughts and Let's we're gonna make this happen. We got some connections yes. to make once we stop recording. I got some ideas already. Exactly. So, oh, it's Ross- great. Great to talk with you, Kip. Thank you so much. It's, it's, it's just us, baby.